In this episode, I pay tribute to Sal Piero, David Crosby, and then talk about music by Eggy Pop and Guided by Voices. That and whatever else happens. I'm your host, Eric Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Derek coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, where it snowed today and got very cold and the roads were bad. There's your weekly St. Louis weather report for uh, whatever day you listen to this, really. I guess it, it, it helps no one. It helps no one that I tell you what the weather was like today. Uh, even if you're in St. Louis, that doesn't, that's not helpful. I just, I, I experienced the same thing as you. We can maybe connect on that level to some degree, but I'm not like not telling you what to look out for later in the week or anything like that. It snowed today. Got cold. When I was out this morning, because I had to go out, we'll talk about that in a minute. When I was out this morning, I uh, put gas in the car and was a little bit afraid that I was getting uh, frostbite on my hands at one point. Uh, because I, I, like an idiot, just forgot my gloves and thought, ah, I'll you know, deal with it, you know. Not realizing that it was like 15 degrees or something like that. And I, uh, I I put gas in the car, and that was bad enough, you know, whatever. And I get in the car, and I do the thing that we should all really still be doing and put hand sanitizer on my hands that's been in my car in the freezing weather and didn't think about that, and that was really, really cold. <laughs> and that started to kind of dry, but, like, it also really dried out my skin, and, like, things started turning weird colors, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> I think I just gave myself frostbite by applying hand sanitizer. But I didn't. It turns out uh, it's okay. It just got cold. My knuckles went really, really red for a little bit, and then uh, it was fine. They're very dry now here tonight. Telling you that also helps nobody. Uh, the reason, uh, speaking of helping nobody, the reason that I had to leave today is I had to go to the DMV, and that's been a whole ordeal. I, uh, I've been to the DMV, what, three times over the past several days? And they keep telling me different stuff is wrong that is reasons they won't give me my, uh, uh, license plate renewal stickers. Um, that's, uh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm usually good at that. I'm usually good at getting the plates renewed and having everything I need, and because they send you a little card that tells you everything that you need on it. And this time, I took in all the stuff on the card, and they kept finding problems with different stuff, but nobody told me about it in advance, and, like, I'm sorry, I've only been, I've only been there twice. I went to three different DMVs. One I went to and found out it was closed, but I've been to two inside of two. The first one, they discovered a problem with one thing that is barely a problem and shouldn't have prevented me from getting the stickers, but fine. All right, I'll go home and do some footwork. And I go back the next time, and they just and that what you know that was cleared up, but they discovered a problem with something else that the first place didn't tell me about. And you know, nobody 
leading up to this, like the piece of paper that I got telling me what to bring in didn't tell me make sure this, this, and this, or we, there's a problem with this and this. I even went to the website and tried to do it, uh, you know, online and needed to get my emissions test done. So by the time I got that done, I had to go to the DMV. It's too late to do online, you know. And, like, even, like, there, like, I, I logged in and all it told me was I needed the emissions test. It didn't have problems listed on the other stuff. So, going to the actual physical DMV, I've never had a real problem with the DMV. Here, here and, and, and again, there'd be something. Like, uh, actually, you know what? Last time I renewed my plates, I did it online, and I was actually hesitant to try to do it online this time because of the last experience. I did it online, and they said, okay, you're good to go, we'll send you the stickers. Well, the stickers didn't arrive, and I called the state capitol and said, hey, my stickers didn't arrive, what do I do? They said, I'll oh, take your receipt into your local DMV, and they'll give you the stickers, just show them your receipt. And I said, okay, and I did that, and they made me pay again. And I had to fill out a form to get my money back, because the DMV is just full of bastards. And uh, I explained that to them at that time, which is probably why I'm having problems now. Somebody probably put a note in a file somewhere that I called them bastards, because they are, and uh, now nothing that I do is correct. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but I genuinely think that might have happened. I told off a DMV employee who was being a real son of a bitch, and th sorry for using a gendered curse there, uh, but I, I, I did that, and now I'm having trouble the next time I go into Renew. Well, gee, it, wouldn't you know it. So there's been a problem, and, uh, I've, uh, gotta go back out tomorrow for however many times this is, cause, because it snowed, you know, half an inch today, the office that I need to go to is closed. Uh, I, uh, I gotta go back out tomorrow and deal with it some more, find out what else is wrong with something else, and try again. And if I can't get it done tomorrow, I can't legally drive in the state of Missouri because my license plates won't be up to date. And I hear you. I hear you, other Missouri residents. Oh, they're not even checking that anymore. Okay, you want to pay my ticket when I get it? Because that's going to happen to me. Because they are checking it. They're not checking it as much. They're not being as aggressive about it. They are checking it. And people are getting ticketed for it. I know this. I, I I can't legally drive in Missouri if I don't get this stupid sticker that it costs them about a dollar and a half to make and me $60 to get. Isn't that just a crime, first of all? I just, I hate bureaucracy that exists just for the sake of bureaucracy, and that's all government is, and that's all government-run offices are, and that's exactly what the DMV is. Even though... Most of the ones in the St. Louis area aren't government-owned anymore. Isn't that a lot of fun? Most of them are privately owned now, by Rotary Clubs or something else. So, even that's bullshit. Like, it's not even owned by the people who actually get the money from you. It's owned by somebody else, and they're taking a cut. It's all insane. That's been my day today. It's dealing with that. It's gonna be my day tomorrow been furious for about a week. I actually considered not doing the show today, because today was so frustrating, and uh, I'm recording this on a, uh, a Monday night, and it's going up on Tuesday. I considered not doing the show, because I was just... Today's been so frustrating and draining, and so was the weekend, and I just... I'm... I'm in a bad mood. I'm in a real bad mood. 
and I'm I'm flying off the handle at, at shit that I shouldn't, and I'm saying things to people that I shouldn't, because I just because everything sucks right now, man. I don't know what witch I offended, but the fucking hex sh should really be wearing off by now. And that's just how I've been feeling. So I almost didn't do the show, but I decided, you know what? It'll give me a chance to get some of that off my chest, and it'll give me a chance to talk about stuff that I I like, and hopefully. You know, hopefully that'll do something, you know? So, I don't know, that's what we're doing here. You're, you're my therapist here today. I'm getting some stuff out. Uh, I, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff I could talk about. One of the, you know what, one of the high points of this whole debacle is over the weekend, one, I got to spend some really good time with the cats. The cats have been able to... The cats read my my moods really well. Jonko and Maguire, the best boys. They uh, they read my moods really well, and they can tell when I need a cat to sit in my lap and purr, and they do it. And uh, they can also, like right now, they can tell that I'm busy and doing stuff, and, and I'm a little keyed up, and they're just giving me space. They're still here. They're they're looking at me. They're checking in, but they're just giving me a little bit of space because they can tell that I need a little bit of space to yell into a microphone at my dear sweet checkmates. But you know, uh, they they just they read my mood really well. So that's been a real highlight of this past few days. Is just the cats have been great. But another highlight was I did get to kind of put my feet up and do a little bit of fun stuff. I got to watch the uh, Royal Rumble for the WWE. For those of you who don't like it when I talk about wrestling, I've seen the metrics. I know you're out there. Don't worry, I'm going to keep this very brief. Uh, I enjoyed the show quite a bit. It was a, a good show. Well, the let me correct that. The stuff that I liked, I really, really liked. The rest of it, I was either so-so on, or I just thought, why did they waste my time with that? And uh, yes, I'm talking about the Bray Wyatt match. I'm done with Bray Wyatt. I'm not paying any attention. He's my bathroom break now. That's that that match was just terrible. Like I I I renewed my subscription to Peacock on the rumor of him returning to the company because I wanted to see him and I was excited and this is what I got and I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, I'm not paying attention to that guy anymore unless somebody tells me how cool the thing he's doing now is. I and even then I might not believe him because I I know a couple of people who thought that the I'm not kidding you. It was called the Mountain Dew Pitch Black Match. I'll let that sit, sink in for a second for those of you who understand how stupid that is. Uh, I, 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 that, that, that match was so off-putting to me that I'm just done with that guy. And I, I know people who liked the Mountain Dew Pitch Black Match, and I don't get it, and that's not for me. I'm glad that it's for you, but I will never understand it, and I'm sure not going to watch it, and I, I will not watch the uh, Taco Bell Baja Blast uh, match that's coming up at the uh, 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 Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, or, or at, at Mania, or whatever. Actually, Ma Mania probably gets the uh, Pizza Hut Coke. Uh, that's probably the Pizza Hut Coca-Cola fountain drink match. That's, that's, probably, that's probably Mania, Pizza Hut Coca-Cola fountain drink match. Um, uh, yeah, it was just, that was terrible. But I, I really liked the men's Royal Rumble. I thought that was a lot of fun and really engaging. The, uh, women's title match was too brief, and the crowd was dead for it after the terrible Bray Wyatt match, and it deserved better than it got. The women's Royal Rumble, 
Uh, it took a while to get there. It started kind of slow, but once uh, Becky Lynch came out, it really got there, and I really loved it, and I'm very, very glad that Rhea Ripley won. Big fan of hers. And then the main event, the match itself was fine, but the aftermatch with the beatdown of Sami Zayn, some of the best pro wrestling storytelling that I've seen in probably the last 10 years. I'm all about that angle, and that was a great payoff to it. And uh, we've got a new top babyface for a little while. And I really think only a little while. Sami Zayn's never going to be the face of the company, and he knows that. But he he might get the belt for, you know, a couple months, and that'll be fun if that happens. It's probably going to go to Cody Rhodes, but it'll be fun if Sami gets it for a little bit, you know? I don't know. So I I had a lot of fun watching the Royal Rumble with Maguire happily sleeping on my lap the whole time. So that that was good, you know? But the rest of this weekend into the early part of the week has really sucked. And I, uh, I think, uh, I don't know. I think I just need to, need to sit here and do this show and talk about the stuff that didn't suck. So that's, that's what we're doing. Uh, stuff that doesn't suck would be the websites that are involved with the show. How do you like that for a transition? That was terrible. Uh, if you like the show and, uh, God bless you (laughs) if you do. Uh, there's a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. It's available on all of the podcast apps, including the one that you're listening to it on now. If it's not on the one that you want it on, please let me know, and I will get it there. If you want to know more about me, and who wouldn't, go on over to derekbrink.com. Plenty of stuff to click on there about my music career, mostly. Speaking of my music career, if you like the music that you hear throughout the show, including the title track for the uh, podcast, the theme song, I should say, for the podcast, Bite the Habanero, it's all available for absolutely free over at derekbrink.bandcamp.com. All you do is enter zero as your purchase price, and you can have it. I won't even know that you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. And if you want to email me and talk to me about anything you hear on the show or suggest topics or whatever, please feel free. Please feel free. Feel feel free. Been a long one. Please feel free to email me. That kind of rhymed. At DB. That also kind of rhymes. Please feel free to email me at DB uh, at DerekBrink.com. That's the end of the rhyming, I guess. DB at DerekBrink.com. You can email me and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, sometimes I just, I just want to talk about nothing with someone that I've never met. So please feel free to do that. I reply to everybody who wasn't a jerk in their email. Uh, so that's it. We got a, got a show ahead. That's it. That's not it. We got, (laughs) it has been a long one, folks. Uh, that's, that's the intro stuff. We've got, uh, some... We've got some uh, interesting stuff to talk about here in the show ahead. Uh, It's going to get a little bit heavy here and there, but hang in there and we'll get back to fun too. So let's let's play a little bit of music and we'll we'll get back into this thing. What do you say? A sad business to do here during this show, uh, although sad business that it revolves around things that make me happy, I guess. Uh, 
And I want to, I want to, I don't know how long either of the, of the sad segments are going to be. I'm going to do two of them, but I feel like each of them needs their own kind of little break and little moment in the show, because they're both significant. Uh, we lost a couple of, uh, well, celebrities and or known com- commodities, however you want to view them, uh, this past, uh, in this past little bit here. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start with the one that maybe you won't know as well, uh, here, like, there, there are two names I'm going to talk about, and those two names, I'm going to talk about David Crosby, but that'll be next. I want to start by talking about Sal Piro. Uh, A lot of you don't know who Sal Piro is, and that's okay. Uh, Sal Piro is, well, I guess was, known to be the number one fan of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. He was the Rocky Horror Picture Show fan club president since it was founded up until just last week when he passed away. He is the uber fan. He's the guy responsible for the fandom of Rocky Horror being what it was, and I don't think that I'm overstating that. He, um... He... It was part of the original Waverly Theater audience, which is, that's where the whole gimmick of throwing stuff at the screen, shooting the water guns, and all the stuff that, you know, all the stuff that you do, that's where all of that started, was at the Waverly. And he was part of that, and instrumental in kind of getting that to find its feet, and, and to branch out elsewhere, and, you know, founder of the fan club, and uh, he found the movie... I believe he was a ministry student at the time and just stumbled into it and his life stopped being about Jesus and start be- and started being about Frankenfurter, you know? And uh, I I personally never went that far, but I, I get it. <laughs> I, I, can, I can see where that had happened. And uh, he, he, just, uh, he just poured himself into that. And that doesn't sound like a lot. That doesn't sound like that big of a deal. To most of you. Oh, he saw a movie and he liked it a lot and he formed a fan club. Yeah, he formed a fan club around a movie that was supposed to fail. That we're not supposed to be still talking about. That in and of itself. The fact that he helped to preserve this thing and to keep it being buzzworthy and keep it being a rite of passage for young people to go to when they turn a certain age and their parents aren't looking. Uh, The fact that he helped make it that, in and of itself, is enough. But he also built community in a way that was desperately important. Because stuff like Rocky Horror, that, look, now Rocky Horror isn't on the fringes. Rocky Horror is a household thing. Glee has done an episode about it. They've done uh, airings of it on Fox as part of their weird live play thing that they were doing for a while. I, whatever. Uh, it, it's, it's a known commodity. It's a household name at this point. But it, it used to just be for folks on the fringes. And it used to be that thing of like, oh, people, yeah, people go to that and they dress up funny and dress and drag and stuff. And it's, uh, by the way, uh, uh, I would challenge you to find a single Republican politician who has a problem with people dressing in drag that hasn't been to see the movie. But I digress. Uh, yeah, people go to that. That's 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 for the weird people, you know. And they can they can have their little weird fun over there. Yeah, anybody can do whatever they want, long as they don't do it in the street and frighten the horses. You know, that's that's kind of the attitude that was 
out there about Rocky for the longest time. Rocky Horror, I should say. Not about Rocky, <laughs> the movie with Sylvester Stallone in it. That's a completely different fandom that nobody cosplay. Actually, you know what? Probably people do cosplay that, now that I think of it, but it's it's a very different kind of cosplay. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Rocky Horror be- became became this thing that was just meant for the people on the fringes, at least the people who attended it regularly. Everybody's been to one showing. You know, everybody, everybody's been in a group that, oh, you know what we should do? You, you, you know what will be fun? You know what will be so, so much fun? We're, we're, we're going to be bad. We're going to be bad tonight. You know what we're going to do? We're going to stay up till midnight. I know. Isn't that enough? Just end up, just, But we're going to stay up even later because we're going to go see, get ready, we're going to go see the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Everybody's been in that group. No matter who you are, you've done that once. Maybe you hated it, but you did it once. And if you didn't, have you really done anything? Uh, it's, it's just one of those rite of passage things. And uh, uh, so, you know, it, it, it's bled over into a normal society for a while. But for the longest time, the people who were the regulars, the people who were dressing up like characters in the show, the people who were the most ardent fans and the most dedicated fans, they were the weird ones. They were the they were the the outcasts, they were the the strange folks. They probably also were trekkies, which by the way, I'm also that, so I'm not knocking anybody. But the point is for the longest longest time it was seen as for a specific group of people, and that was theirs, and we're not going to question it, we're just going to let them have it. Yeah, every now and again somebody will pro- protest it, but they're misguided and it's not going to ga- gain any traction, because these people are just passionate about their thing, and that's their thing, and they can have it and whatever. And that is extremely important to the people who love that thing, whatever that thing is for you. Maybe it's not Rocky Horror, maybe it's your D&D group, maybe it's this, that, or the other. I don't know. Whatever is your thing that other people in your life don't get, but the people who get it really get it, that's massively important. And a lot of the people who loved Rocky Horror the most, and still who love Rocky Horror the most, are the people who, that's their thing. And the people that they meet up with there, those are their people. And that's, I can tell you from personal experience and conversation with people, that's saved lives. There are people walking this earth right now because they found community at a Rocky Horror show. And, you know, that's not discounting any place else people find community. There are certainly people alive because they found the right church. There are certainly people alive because somebody at their work cared. You know, there are people who reunited with their family, and and that breathed new life into them. Yeah, whatever it is. But Rocky Horror, meant for the people on the fringes, gave a lot of people on the fringes somewhere to find hope and somewhere to find community. And the reason they had that community was because Sal Piero got the word out. And he made it that. And he helped foster that community, and he helped foster that love in other people. And that means so much. 
That's not all there is to Sal Piero's life. He was also an actor. He showed up in the spiritual successor to Rocky Horror, uh, Shock Treatment, which is, that movie's a trip in and of itself, man, but uh, there's a whole empty checking episode about that at some point, but he shows up in that, you know, that just makes sense. He also shows up in Fame. Few people forget that he was in Fame. Uh, he, you know, little acting parts here and there. He ran a couple of hotels and did some beauty pageant type stuff, and he was also an avid chess player and an avid Scrabble player. He he did like actual comp, actual competitive play in chess and Scrabble. There's a guy who just found ways to have fun and loved doing the things that brought him fun and brought him joy, and he just leaned in to that part of his personality. And isn't that really what you want in a person? Isn't that what you want for yourself? And so many of us just can't figure out how to grab it, but Sal Piero did, and he shared it with us, and some of us have each other because of that. I was very sad to hear that Sal Piero passed away. I needed to take a few minutes just to say that on the show. Those of you who are longer-time listeners of the show will know that there are uh, not one, but two Rocky Horror Picture Show episodes of this show out there where my brother Dave and I sit and talk about the show, and I get very drunk and giggly. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's uh, at times, borderline unlistenable because of me, but it's, it's two guys talking about a thing that they love, and seek that out in the archives. Uh, over at uh, emptychecking.blogspot.com, you can find everything. I don't put anything behind a paywall. I don't pull anything down. So you can find everything there. Uh, at least as of the time of this recording, unless things change sometime in the future and you're listening to this after this. But uh, go uh, go listen to those episodes and you'll kind of get a little bit of a taste of what Sal Piero's work did in just listening to my brother and I you know, fanboy about Rocky Horror for like three hours or whatever. What he did was important, and I'm very sad that he's gone, but I'm very, very glad... For all that he left us. Rest in peace, Sal. In your name, I present uh, checkmates at home. Grab whatever you're drinking. A toast to absent friends. sad thing that I have to talk to you about. I actually mentioned, I guess we did a brief tribute in the last episode, in the Fab 15 last week. We talked very briefly about the passing of David Crosby. We happened to be recording that episode on the same day that he passed, which was an emotional experience for me. In fact, when we talk about it in that episode, if you haven't listened yet, please go back and listen. When we talk about it in that episode, I say David Crosby died, and there's you can audibly hear a catch in my throat because I, I I was about to cry, like you can actually hear that and think thank God Dave was here to say other words because I I needed to catch my breath for a second. But uh, yeah, I I'm a huge David Crosby fan, uh, and just I I 
I need to take a little bit of time just to say a little more than I did in that episode, because that was kind of rushed and kind of just spur of the moment. You know, we were talking about something else. It wasn't the time for it, but it still had to be acknowledged. And now I want to go a little bit deeper. So please bear with me as I do so. I'll try not to burn a lot of your time for those of you who are tired of hearing me talk about him on other forms of media. So, because uh, I, I certainly have on, on my social media and whatnot. But I, I just have a few things I want to say here in this medium, and uh, and we'll, I, I, I don't know, I, I like David Crosby a lot, so I, I just want to talk about him here for a minute. David Crosby, of course, probably best known for his stint with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and or Young, uh, and variations thereof. That's probably where most of you know him from, and that's a perfectly good place to know him from. That's beautiful music that deserves to, you know, deserves to stand the test of time. I think if you grew up in a family that appreciates classic rock, you're just issued a copy of the Deja Vu album, you don't know where it came from, you just look around one day and go, oh yeah, there's my copy of Deja Vu, and yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, there's a lot more to David Crosby than, than that. Uh, David Crosby is a huge influence on me as a musician and a, a songwriter and, and uh, a harmony vocalist in particular. Uh, David Crosby, I, I don't want to say started out, but a, a big chunk of his early career was the band The Birds, B-Y-R-D-S. And uh, that's actually another one that you probably, if you're a classic rock fan, you probably have The Birds' greatest hits and don't know where it came from. That's probably just in your collection. I've got a copy, and I've got, uh, like, I, I for years that was what I had of The Birds, and a couple years ago I went out and I bought that uh, one of those five classic albums releases that are out there in CD form that uh, I believe I got, I believe I bought my copy off of Amazon like a couple of years ago because I needed to go deeper with the birds. And uh, I, I, I think it's still out there and I think it's like five albums for like 20, 25 bucks, something like that. So it's, it's worth your time and worth your money. Um, the birds, you know, classic, classic songs, their version of Mr. Tambourine Man, uh, everybody knows turn, turn, turn to everything there is a season. You know, to, to everything, turn, turn, turn. You know that song. Uh, maybe you know Eight Miles High or Mr. Spaceman or uh, 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 Have You Seen Her Face is a great song. I, I'm just looking at the back of the of the Greatest Hits album. It's They're one of those bands that you probably know a lot more than you think you do, and if you take the time to do the deep dive... Uh, which I've really only got the greatest hits and those five albums, but I feel like that's a much deeper dive than most of us do. If you take the time just to do that, you get rewarded a lot. Um, you uh, Crosby was in that band, and he did you know harmony vocals, and he did uh, rhythm guitar, or uh, was he rhythm or lead? I guess he was. Well, let's just say he was guitar. Uh, although he probably wasn't the guitar that you think of when you think of the birds, like <laughs> you think of that. Uh, down, 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 down. That's not Crosby. That's the other guy. That's the twelve-string. That's the twelve-string Rickenbacker. That's not you know Crosby didn't play that, but he laid down really solid guitar riffs in the Birds, and of course that that voice of his was just ever present there as a background vocalist and. That's that's really one of the things that needs to be talked about if you're going to talk about David Crosby is is his work as a singer. Really great lead vocalist, really great songwriter. The place that he was particularly gifted though was a background vocalist. He was gifted as a background vocalist. And uh 
I mean, just maybe the best harmony vocalist that I'm going to hear in my lifetime. And that's on ready display with Crosby, Stills, Nash, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. You owe it to yourself if you don't ha somehow have copies of the Crosby, Stills, Nash record, their first album, and Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young's uh, uh, Deja Vu. Uh, you owe it to yourself to have those two albums. That's some of the best rock of that kind that you're going to hear. I mean, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, uh, Guinevere, uh, Wooden Ships, Teach Your Children, Almost Cut My Hair, Helpless, Woodstock. Uh, you know what? Also pick up the So Far album because you'll get... Uh, that's, that's kind of a compilation, but it also has some of the singles that weren't on the album, so like you'll get Ohio on there, which is a Neil Young song, but whatever. Uh, I love that song too, and I love Neil Young, as you know. Those those first two Crosby, Stills, Nash, and or Young uh, albums, just phenomenal. And their Woodstock appearance, just phenomenal. Uh, I've got a little bit more of their Woodstock appearance than most people do, because I've got a multi-disc box set from Woodstock that my brother gave me as a, as a birthday present one year that was really nice and blew me away. Uh, has a lot more of the Crosby, Stills, Nash stuff on it uh, than you're used to to hearing on, like, the standard Woodstock soundtrack, and that's absolutely worth your time as well. And, you know, his stuff with Crosby, Stills, Nash was amazing. You get some of his best lead vocal stuff there, but you also get some of his best harmony vocal stuff there. He, of course, also had a lengthy solo career, uh, several releases under his own name, uh, of which I really only have two, and I'm a little bit embarrassed by that because there's a lot more that I should have. I have a live album that he actually just put out. I had streamed a couple of times his Lighthouse album, and that's a really good album. I don't have it because I haven't bumped into it, but I've, I've streamed it a few times. He just last year put out a live show from his touring with the Lighthouse Band. It's David Crosby and, and Lighthouse Band live at the Capitol Theater. Check that out because it gives you a really interesting look into some of Crosby's writing of that era and a few nice throwbacks there's a really weird version of woodstock on there and uh <laughs> it's 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 a it's a strong release it's a really good release the release that i got has a, a a cd in it and a dvd and the dvd is a lot of fun to watch because it's just kind of crosby and his element giving as much attention to the rest of his band as he takes for himself and that's that's one of the wonderful things about him, and I, I loved watching that. And uh, uh, the album that I, I also want to draw your attention to, I've mentioned and mentioned and mentioned on the show in the past, it was in my top t 10 of 2021, is his uh, 2021 album For Free. Just a great album. Fantastic album. Maybe the best work of his career, and I'm counting Crosby, Stills, Nash, and The Birds in that. It's just phenomenal. You, you need to hear this album for free. Uh, you probably can't hear it for free. I guess maybe you can on Spotify or whatever, but it, you should you should buy it. You should buy it in physical form if you can. It's really beautiful work, and it's deeply moving. I, I bought it because I followed him on Twitter, and he mentioned it, and I thought I bumped into it, and I thought, yeah, okay, I'll give Cross's new one a, a shot, and it just blew me away. Honestly, it probably should have been number two that year, uh, but it, it was at the number three spot at the time. 
hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's uh, it's a fantastic album. It's wonderful. He's also done background vocals uh, with Jason Isbell on the Reunions album. I think just a couple of songs. I don't think the entire thing, but there's some great work there. His last performance was with Jason Isbell, and uh, he was doing you know just doing vocals with him there uh, in his last ever live show and. I don't know, man. David Crosby, huge influence on me. One of the things that I've said elsewhere that I haven't said here yet is when I record music and I'm doing background vocals, I love doing background vocals. That's where I'm at my happiest is when I'm arranging background vocal parts. And anytime I'm doing, I'm layering my own voice, there's a, there's a track that I will create and it's labeled Cros because that C-R-O-Z, his nickname, C-R-O-Z. It's named Cross because that's the track where I'm looking for the harmonies that David Crosby would have added. Uh, I I love David Crosby. I love his music. The man himself was a cantankerous old man, <laughs> but he earned the right to be. Uh, you work along Stells, Nash, and, and Young, you're gonna, you know, <laughs> you're gonna develop a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, I think, and, you know, I'm not judging him for that. Um... But I, I loved his work so much. I'm really going to miss not having new David Crosby albums in my life now that I've started collecting his solo career. And, I mean, that's the good news when you lose a, a musician with such a deep back catalog is now you've got the opportunity to do the deep dive. And you don't you don't need to worry about, well, he's going to put out something new you know, soon, and I, I don't know, I have all this other stuff that I haven't listened to yet. Now you can just listen to whatever you want to listen to, and you can dive as deep as you want, or you can stay as shallow as you want with them. You can stay as surface level as you want. But I, I really recommend with Crosby, do the deep dive. It's been very worth it for me over the years. I think it'll be worth it for you now, and it's a fitting tribute to the man. Start with the For Free record if you haven't heard it yet. I mean, if you are familiar with, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and with The Birds, you know, start with For Free. It's a genuinely breathtaking album that I, I love and I keep coming back to and I keep thinking about. So yeah, I just wanted to take a minute here to also say rest in peace to David Crosby. Thanks, man. Thanks, David. You really wrote some stuff that meant a lot to me, man. It sucks that you're not here anymore. Thanks for talking to me on Twitter sometimes. I've had a couple interactions with David Crosby on Twitter. It makes me sad that I'm not going to get to do that again. Rest in peace, David Crosby. We'll, uh, we'll keep the sails up on the wooden ships for you. folks we got a little bit of new music to talk about that's uh that's not something i've said a lot so far this year but i mean we're only at the end of january or start of february maybe by the time you hear this but uh yeah just not a lot of new releases just yet but a couple a couple that i want to talk about there's another new goddamn guided by voices album uh it's it seems like every time i do a show there's a new guided by voices album 
it is their, I think, 37th album, and that's too many. But uh, I'm glad they're still doing stuff. I will say of the most recent stuff, this one is maybe the most cohesive and makes the most sense. Uh, you know, the like even the song titles kind of make sense. The, the problem that I have with current Guided by Voices, other than it's too much too often, is uh, Bob Pollard has kind of stopped writing choruses. Which isn't entirely true, because obviously he's writing choruses, but he's kind of stopped writing really catchy ones. You know, like the really catchy choruses that you think of are like, yeah, Glad Girls and Hold On Hope, which I know that we're all supposed to not like Hold On Hope for some reason, uh, because it's the Gateway song, but that's the first song all of you knew and liked. Just admit it. It's okay. You can like it. It's fine. I like it. It's a catchy chorus. He, uh, he doesn't do that so much anymore. Uh, I mean, every now and again, he'll fuck up and get one right, and there'll be a catchy, a catchy chorus, but for the most part, it's just kind of, you know, shoegazy rock, which is fine, and which I like, but there's just so fucking much of it that it's hard to keep up. That said, the new one, La La Land, probably the best of the last four or five releases, to be honest with you. I, 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 I think I'm gonna re-listen to this one pretty frequently this year. Can't say that about the last couple years. There's been, uh, not since, I don't think since Sweating the Plague have I felt really inspired to keep listening to an individual GBV record. But La La Land, I think I'm going to get into a little bit, because it's a little bit more, it seems a little bit more focused. So good for, good for him on that one. Good for them, I guess, but I mean, we all know that it's Bob Pollard's thing, and if everybody else in the band blew up in a weird uh, music accident, let's say, tomorrow. Uh, we know that Bob Pollard the next week would put out a new Guided by Voices album with a whole new band. That's just, you know, not that, not that I'm accusing him of anything, not that I'm saying that he thinks that his bandmates are expendable or anything like that. I don't think that he thinks that way. But, I mean, he would carry on and it would be called Guided by Voices and there would be a new band. That's what would happen if the rest of his band blew up t- tomorrow. Which, uh... Here's hoping that doesn't happen. That's uh, that's one of the things. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to be that kind of prophet. Like I, I don't want, I don't want my name in the in the internet news for that. Like guy predicts explosion of guided by voices and is correct. I, I don't want to be that headline. I don't want to be that headline. But La La Land, from a band that I'm getting a little tired of how often they put out new goddamn music, is pretty solid. I've, I've been enjoying it. Another album that's really solid that I would be shocked. It's only you know, the end of uh, uh, January. I almost said November. That time flies, but not quite like that. It's only the end of January, but I'd be surprised if this next one isn't in my top ten for the year. New one by Iggy Pop. Every Loser is the name of it. Iggy Pop is one of those guys who, when he's firing on all cylinders, it's great. When he's not, it's just kind of like, huh. All right, Iggy Pop put out a new album, I guess. And uh, I've been waiting for the one that would make me go, that's what I wanted to hear. And I popped this one in on the recommendation of my brother, Dave. You guys know Dave. Hi, Dave. Uh, He told me that this one was worth my time, so I picked it up. I played it, and I went, yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. It's good, ugly rock and roll music that's kind of punky. It's, you know, punky, and there's a lot of swearing and stuff, and... Iggy Pop got pissed off and made an album, you know, and it's 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 nice to hear that. It's nice that that still happens in a world, and 
I, I don't have a lot else to say about it. I just really dug it, man. It just got my blood pumping, and that's really what you want out of a, out of an Iggy Pop. You just want them to get your blood pumping. When I picked it up, I picked it up over at uh, Vintage Vinyl, and the guy behind the counter uh, is a friend of mine. I, I, I know him reasonably well now. Won't say his name because uh, I don't know if he wants his name said on the show. But uh, I, I took it up to him and bought it from him, and he said, I'm going to be seeing Iggy Pop in Chicago. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, that's going to be a fun time. I've seen Iggy Pop. He was like, yeah, I, I haven't seen him before, and I figure, you know, I need to check that one off the list. I was like, yeah, totally. I saw him on the Beat em Up tour, and it was a great show, and you're, you're going to have a good time with that, I think. Like, right on. And we just kind of, like, talked about Iggy Pop for a minute, and it's just kind of... It's... Like, in hindsight, I, I just kind of went, it's, because I, I should say, that guy's probably about 10 years younger than I am. I was like, you know, it's it's cool that to people younger than me, Iggy Pop has become one of those acts that you've got to check off your list, you know? And, like, that doesn't sound very flattering, <laughs> but it, it, it is, because, like, you got to see the Stones, you got to see the Who, you got to, if you can, you got to see Paul McCartney. I've never been able to swing that. I've never been able to afford that. You know, you get, there, there are certain artists you got to see. And Iggy Pop has become one of them. And isn't that cool? Isn't that just awesome that Iggy Pop has become one of those guys you have to see? And if you get the chance to see him on this tour, the Every Loser, Loser Tour, I guess it's probably called that. That's the name of the album, Every Loser. Every Loser Tour is hard to say for me. You do some you do some diction warm ups before I, I do that or say that again. But if you see him on the current tour, it's it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one to to see him on because it's going to be angry and loud and Iggy fucking pop. So give that a chance. Give this album a chance and decide if you want to go see him. And if you if he comes to St. Louis and you want to go see him, maybe you'll see me there. Say hello. Buy me a beer. Somebody, please, God, buy me a beer. I really. I really want a beer. You know what they say about church girls? Well, yeah, I guess they say a couple of things, but you know the one I'm talking about. Seems like a pretty good deal when you're 16. And you're looking for a reason to repent. All right, checkmates. Like that is pretty much what I wanted now. to talk to you about this week. Uh, thanks for letting me do this. I feel a little bit better after having talked about some stuff I like. Even though some of it was a little sad because people died. Still, I got to talk about stuff I like. And that's, that's always happy making, you know? Otherwise, I don't have a lot going on to talk to you about right now. I mean, I've got... I'm still gonna be putting out a new album. Still gonna be putting out Third Act Problems uh, sometime in February, uh, assuming everything gets back to me appropriately in, in time frames that work. Um, but I, I don't know... I, I'll know more about when it's coming out tomorrow, because I'm going to have to pay for things with my car uh, just to get it you know, legal to drive, uh, just to get the stupid fucking stickers from the DMV or the license plates. I just have a feeling that, like, with all the stuff I've got to correct, it's going to end up being costly. You know? Because uh, it's going to be 60 bucks regardless of what I do. Because uh, that's how much the stupid fucking stickers cost. But it's probably going to be more than that, because I'm probably going to have to get other stuff done. 
that's probably going to be a pain in my ass. And, I mean, it's going to be a pain in my ass even if it comes out cheaper than I expected. But I, I just... I have a feeling it's not going to, and I have a feeling that's going to help me decide if the new album comes out in, like, two or four weeks, basically. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the new album. It's going to be a good one. I, it's, I, it's really going to be a good one. Like, just take my word on that. I've been listening to it a lot, getting ready and getting everything kind of in order. And I've actually got to do another listen here in the next couple of days to get all the lyrics printed correctly on the Bandcamp site for when it goes live. But, uh... It's going to be a good one. I think you're going to like it. I, I like it, and I think you're going to, too. So look forward to that, and I'll, I'll next time we talk, I will probably have some idea of a release date. So that'll be, that'll be announced. The other thing, uh, really the only other thing going on is I'm thinking about wearing vests all the time. That's, that's, that's it. That's, that's the, that's the entirety <laughs> of that thought, thinking about switching to wearing vests all the time, because I, uh, I have some body image issues. I, uh, I'm a little bit heavier than I want to be right now. Anyway, I've been eating like a fucking pig since I started going back into the office, uh, and I'm not even going back into the office all the time. But when you work in an office, it becomes so fucking easy to just start eating fast food, and like. Working in an office is going to kill you one way or another. It's just going to be from sedentary, you know, lack of motion. You're going to develop clogs in your arteries. Or you're going to start eating the fucking fast food that's around and that everybody gets all the time. And that's going to make your heart explode before you're 50. And uh, that's what's happening to me. I'm embarrassed to admit that. But, yeah, I've, I've, got, I've, I've put on more weight than I'm happy about. And I'm, I'm, I want to say that I'm trying to correct it. I have it in my heart and mind that I'm going to correct it. I've a couple of times sort of started to correct it, and then I've just, I've absolutely fucked it up the next day because I got stressed out and I ate a burrito, you know? And uh, that's, that's where I am. But, like, even, even at my best, even at my thinnest, I still felt like, okay, I'm not, it still doesn't look right, and I still feel like I need to dress in layers. And I like, I like dressing in layers because I have, body shame issues, and, uh, uh, that gets hot in the summertime, like, even if you're wearing, like, the short-sleeved overshirts, it, it gets hot, you know, so I was thinking maybe, maybe vests, maybe, like, lightweight vests would be a solution to that. I can still be in layers, but I'm wearing vests, and I can wear t-shirts under them and wear them with jeans, and people just, uh, vest guy, you know, and, like, it's not a big thing, like, not a fishing vest, and not, like, the denim vest or the leather vest of a guy who rides a motorcycle or whatever. Tasteful, you know, fabric-y, not satin back, not quite suit vest, but like single fabric, lightweight vests. The, you know, I thought maybe I'd start doing that. And then I started kind of looking around at like, who, it feels like people do that. Who else does that? And the most glaring uh, example that I can think of is Matt Mercer from Critical Role, if you're a fan of that. Uh, if you're not, the, and you've never heard me mention it, sorry, it's a D&D &D, uh, show, basically, on YouTube. And uh, Matt Mercer is the dungeon master. He's also a, an accomplished voice actor. He's done a ton of stuff. He wears vests a lot. And uh, uh, I just started kind of like... I've The past like week or so, I've just been obsessed with his wardrobe in a way that uh, would probably creep him out to hear about. It's, it's, not, it's not anything other than like, yeah, I think I want to start wearing vests. And that guy... 
it has a not dissimilar aesthetic to what I like to wear and like a t-shirt and that kind of thing. Let's see you know, what kind of kind of fucking vest does this guy wear? And so I've uh, I'm trying to find vests like Matt Mercer's vests. If anybody uh if anybody has some links you can share with me, I'd appreciate that. Although I want to try a few on. Like, I want to go to a store and try a few on, which is hard to do because vests are not, like, super in right now. So, uh, I don't know what size vest I need. I mean, if, if it's a suit vest, I can figure that out based on the, you know, sort of size of the coat. But I, uh, I, I don't, uh, you know, it's one of those articles of clothing where large and extra large don't mean the same uh, thing from brand to brand. Coats are like that, too. Like, if you're buying a winter coat, you buy a large for, with one company, turns out you needed a medium, you know? And it's it's just like that. Like, no, there's no universal sizing for outerwear or overwear like that. And, and vests, uh, I want to try, try them on before I buy them, you know, and have some sense of, okay, well, what, what are the dimensions of this so I can compare with what they say they're listing on Facebook, you know? And... Uh, like, what uh, what size vest do I tend to take, you know, before I start ordering them without trying them on? So, uh, you know, I'll probably, like, get a black one and, like, a brown one and just see how it goes. And then, like, next thing you know, by springtime, I'm vest guy and I've got, like, a thousand vests. And I'll also have hats. Vests and hats. That's not a bad look. That That, that, seems, like, that seems like what I should have been wearing all along, doesn't it? What's your favorite episode of Empty Checking? I like the one where Derek talks about vests for a long time. Uh, sorry, everybody. I just heard it. And uh, it's, uh, sorry I subjected you to that. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the show. <laughs> Let me <laughs> get some stuff off my chest and out of my brain and just rant at you like a lunatic about the DMV and vests. I really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, check out the stuff that I talked about. If you're unfamiliar with Rocky Horror, what are you doing with yourself? Get, get into that. Uh, check out the career of David Crosby. Contact me for more instructions if you need more information on any of this, especially on David Crosby. New Guided by Voices is good. It's one of the better releases of their current, their recent stuff. New Iggy Pop is great. Listen to that stuff. Get into that stuff. Have a good time with that stuff. Or if you're not into that stuff, have a good time with whatever you have a good time with and email me about it at db.derekrink.com and maybe I'll check it out too. Uh, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for making me a part of your week. Please, as you go throughout your week, remember that COVID-19 and other illnesses are still out there and take precautions whenever you can. For example, I was in a crowded DMV this weekend and I was the only one wearing a mask and, you know, including the people that work there. But anyway, please remember that uh, you have a role to play in, in public health and public safety and please take that seriously. Uh, please also remember that black lives matter, that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and that I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And checkmates, be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. I hear you boys meowing. I'm recording my show. I'll be with you in a minute.